On this episode of the Chicago Set List, I am joined by Ryan Argast, who is the lead singer of Marina City. MTV has named them one of the top 10 bands you need to know, and Alternative Press named them band you need to see for their performance at Warp Tour and Riot Fest. Not only has the band performed at South by Southwest and more recently The Taste of Chicago, but they have also toured and performed at iconic venues like the House of Blues. And Ryan was just a contestant on American Idol. This is the Chicago Set List. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Fantastic. How are you doing today? I am doing so good. First of all, thank you so much. You are on my first ever episode of the Chicago Set List, and I Woo! feel like you are the perfect guest. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored to be here. Be able to, I mean, we've been talking with each other for like, it's got to be like 10 plus years at this point. Jesus, it um, feels like, oh my so. God, yes. The, uh, the idea that I'm I'm the first warms my heart. Thank you. I'm I'm super excited because you guys have literally been doing so much. And I mentioned in the intro, The Taste of Chicago. I saw a video that you guys posted and you were literally in front of Buckingham Fountain. And it looked <laughs> beautiful. How was that? That was actually probably the coolest. No, not probably. Hands down, the coolest like view ever on a stage we've ever been on. Definitely. I mean, we've been able to do some pretty cool things, but that view, seeing Buckingham uh, Fountain, and then behind that, all the, the skyscrapers, I was like, that was insane. That how, was insane. How was the crowd? You know, so it was a really weird show. We were only able to play 15 minutes. Oh, my so God. So we got up, got out. It was like literally a blink of an eye. But as I remember, the crowd was like just like they were like realizing what's happening. Like, you know, there's people walking back and forth to each food place, but then they're just like, wait, mm -hmm. what is this band? This is really cool. And as they were like congregating around, I was like, yes, another one, another one. And then I was like, oh, all right, well, 15 minutes are up. <laughs> we were like trying to squeeze in another song. Like, it turns out our songs are pretty long when it, they come live. So we were like, oh, man. Uh, but it was, it was a really cool special moment. That's crazy. Did you guys have time at all to taste anything? Or were you just like, no, we got to go in, music, and go out? <laughs> Uh, we, so funny enough that you say that, uh, we actually got food poisoning, uh, from there. Yes. Yeah. So we got food poisoning, uh, from the taste of Chicago, uh, the catering, it looks oh, like, uh, no. we, uh, all ate the chicken, uh, except one person didn't get food poisoning. That's Matt, keyboard oh. player, AKA Diano. He did not get food poisoning cause he ate the beef. Oh, uh, he okay. also has a stomach, uh, filled of iron. I mean, that is an iron stomach. He doesn't get sick very often, but we all did. And that, that kind of sucked. But I did have Eli's cheesecake. Oh, um, I feel like that's a staple at, at the taste. So got yeah. a chance to have that uh, before the sickness kicked in. So for sure, it wasn't the cheesecake. You were not like, nope, it's not a hundred percent not the cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan, talk to me about the band because you guys always seem like you're having a great time on stage, no matter what you are doing. Talk to me about the members, who's there yeah. right now, like what's happening in the band. Yeah, like I mentioned before, you've been interviewing us. It's maybe third, fourth interview you've had Probably. with us, and. Uh, you know, we've been a band, uh, we came out to the public in 2012. So we've been a band for 10 years here, which seems longer than that. At the same time, not as long. Like we have so many iterations of the band and rebuilding of the band and members of the band that it, it still feels, I guess, fresh. It doesn't feel uh, old and, and, and stale as a 10 for 10 years. But right now, uh, I am the lead vocalist of the band. And then we have Eric Summersarea, the drummer. We have Matthew a.k.a. Diano Gadiano on keys and then and vocals. And we have Toto Bernadjev all the way from Bulgaria as lead guitar player and really only guitar player at this point. But 
<laughs> these guys, they're my best friends. They're, my, they're brothers of mine. They stood in my wedding uh, just last year. They, we just stood in Eric's wedding just uh, about a month and a half ago. You know, so it's just one of those things that, that's why Marina City will probably never die because our relationship is just so strong and so rooted. Our wives are great friends with each other. And, you know, our siblings know each other, each other's siblings. You know, it's like, it's just like we are a family here. So it's really a blessing to be able to play with these guys for such a long time and be able to look at on stage and see each other there and be able to experience these monumental moments in our lives with each other. Yeah, that's crazy that you guys have such a such a close bond. But again, like you said, you guys have known each other for years. Yeah, so yeah. even back to the college days, like I know you guys, some of you right. went to school together. So that's crazy yeah. that you're still in a band and friends. And even, even actually all, well, most of the ex-members of the band were really close with. I was just texting Ricky yesterday. I was texting... Aaron, the, Ricky was the old ex-guitar player before Toter. I was just texting him yesterday. We we're just talking about different things. And then um, Brian, he used to play guitar for us back in the day. He is now one of the lead people at his job. So that's kind of the reason why he had to leave. But, you know, he was at all of our weddings, really close with him. And then really, really close with Aaron, the bass player. He was the last one to leave. He's actually going to be playing guitar for me and my acoustic solo set that I'm doing at Homegrown Festival. So... You know, it's one of those things that sometimes like the road slash the band life is just really difficult and you want to go try something else with your life. But they still love music and we still love each other and we're able to... I'm super grateful for that because any band that I've been in prior, you know, we didn't have a really great track record that like once you left the band, we were really close. So the idea that we were able to do that, I think is a good culture that we have here at MC. MC Enterprises. <laughs> City I, of Dreams LLC. I love that. I want to talk about your songwriting, because it's something that really impresses me. So <laughs> the first time that I heard Better Weather, you're probably going to laugh at me. But um, so the first time that I heard that song, I went into like such a stage of like poetry. It was like a very poetic mindset. And nice. when I heard the chorus, I just needed to pause. So the first line hit and I was like, you know what? Pause, because it was something that I needed to process because I'm like, wow, I cannot believe Ryan just said that. Like, it's really hitting me. <laughs> when you write songs, like, do you have, like, those lines that you're like, wow, this is really it. Like, I really did something. I I like <laughs> to think that. I like to think that, uh, you know, there are times where I'm just, like, upset. Like, you know what? I don't know what to fit there. And it's just bugging me. Mm -hmm. And then I, I put something there and then it ends up being a, a title that or a lyric that people end up really liking. Yeah. And then there are times where I, like, I feel really good about it and then I feel like nobody <laughs> notices. I'm like, hey, what about this one? <laughs> uh, but no, I, you know, that's just the beauty of, of writing that whatever it means to you means something different to me. And I think that's one of the big reasons why we keep doing what we're doing <laughs> because, you know, our music, that, that, that song is six years old or something mm -hmm. like that. But it feels like it can still be relevant today. And uh, I think that's what's really special about being in this band. It's crazy because, like I said, that you are such a really good songwriter. Did that have any effect on your song choice when you went to audition for American Idol? Talk to me about how that came to be. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> so, in a sense, in a sense. So, I was actually writing a song called The Man Who Has Everything for my solo project. It was a song about having imposter syndrome. The idea that 
no matter how many times I've been told I'm good at something, I feel like I work in an industry where like everyone looks at Billie Eilish and she's 15 at the time or 16, 17, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she has crazy amount of success and I've been working at it longer than she's mostly been alive at this point. And like, I'm still thriving for that. And yeah. sometimes I feel like musicians or just people tend to compare their success with others. It's easier said than done what I'm about to say now mm -hmm. when I go like, you can't do that, right? And there are days where I don't. And then there are days where I'm on my low. So to speed up the story here, I was writing a song called The Man Who Has Everything, which had a couple different themes. One, the idea that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And the other idea is that now I have everything that I've ever wanted when I was 10 years younger, but now I'm really afraid that I'm going to lose it or I have so much to lose. I'm married. I have a, a dog that I really love. I have a house. I have these band members. We have, we have these great opportunities, but it feels like every time that we do a really cool opportunity, I'm always afraid, are we ever going to be able to do it again? Mm. So I so writing this song, and as I'm doing that, someone from American Idol finds me on Instagram, reaches out, was like, hey, have you ever thought about doing American Idol? At the time, I wasn't really thinking about it. Uh, they eventually convinced me to try to do it. They asked me, do you have any songs you can sing? I had two songs. One was a cover, and then this one. They asked me to do the cover and this one at the audition. They flew me out to Austin, Texas to meet with Katie, Lionel, and Luke. I auditioned for it. I actually did the cover. It didn't do well. They were like, do you have any other songs to sing? And I was like, well, I got this original. And I sang The Man Who Has Everything. Mm -hmm. And that was what got me through American Idol or to Hollywood on American Idol. And the irony of it all is that I sing a song about having an imposter syndrome in a situation that I wouldn't be in if I was an imposter. Mm -hmm. That's something that I feel like everyone needs to like always remember, you know, uh, that you're not an imposter. You are yeah. those things. I think a lot of times people go, I ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say, I want to be a radio broadcaster or something. I'm like, well, do you do radio broadcasting and in interviews? And you'd say yes. And I'm like, well, then you're a radio well, broadcaster. You, you don't yeah. need to grow up to be that, right? So uh, in that sense, then my songwriting, there's no other more appropriate song to sing than that song I felt like. That's insane that you, could you imagine if you'd not written that song and then what happens? Then you don't go on to the next part of American Idol. That's it. <laughs> right, right. Everything, everything, there's a purpose for everything. Oh my goodness. That would have ended the story, but I'm glad it did not end there. Okay. So I need the behind the scenes details, Ryan. Like, I want to know the good stuff about American Idol. You are on yeah. national television. How do you pick out an outfit for that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, man. So a uh, little secret. I actually, for the last two years, maybe, yeah, I have been working with a stylist on a lot of my stuff. Yeah, Jabari uh, Sandifer. He has been styling me for almost every public uh, event thing that I've been doing. And fortunately enough, it's been a lot uh, in these last two years or maybe, yeah, about a year and a half or so. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the photo shoots that we've been doing, video shoots we've been doing, anything that has to do with those kind of things, yeah. So I was lucky enough that I was working with him on my outfit choices there. And I like to be bold with it. I like to, I always need to have like at least one statement piece that yeah. feels like it's like something different. And so he knows we're kind of similar body types. So he kind of like, okay, if this fits well with me, uh, it'll fit well with him. So he gave me a lot of choices and we worked on it. It was definitely not a spur of the moment thing. It was definitely calculated. <laughs> okay. I thought you had showed up with like 
are two suitcases because if I was on national television, I honestly don't even know where I would start. So maybe a stylist. <laughs> well, it, was, it was, I learned that I was going to Austin, Texas about, uh, I would say two months before I went. Mm, uh, sorry, sorry. I knew that I was going, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to uh, Hollywood two months before I went. So okay. I was like, we were working back and forth. We had a mood board, a Pinterest board here, <laughs> like looking back and forth. Like I, I ain't playing. I ain't playing. Like, I'm going all in. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my goodness. And because of that opportunity that you had with American Idol, you started to get uh, picked up by a lot of media outlets. So you guys were interviewed. And there was this one performance that I want to talk about that you had at WGN-TV. And you did great. You did fantastic. But uh, people thought that you were lip singing. Do you know what, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Did you see those comments? Yeah, yeah I did see those comments. How did you uh, feel? I thought that was, well, I actually think, I know that, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be a diss, but I feel like there's, there's honor in it. Like, <laughs> I was so good that you thought that I was lip syncing. I don't understand what would make you think that I was lip syncing. I was like, you could hear the breath. You can hear, like, I wasn't like perfect. Like, uh, my voice cracks a little mm -hmm. bit. It's like, it's a little, I mean, I'm happy with the performance. I'm, I'm proud of the performance. Uh, but it's just like, it's just, but it's it's vocals like you can it's just what you do live. So the fact that they thought I was lip syncing is kind of goofy. But uh, I guess thank you for thinking I was that perfect. Yeah, I don't know if, if they meant if like they were like oh sweet burn because you know he's <laughs> lip syncing like what? And then what you were pointing out, I think you made a, a video like in response to that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like yeah, like you hear it. So I don't understand <laughs> what the lip syncing is. So I mean I don't know. Jokes on that person because I, it you was know mine. I had I had someone <laughs> someone comment on there which I actually <laughs> laughed out loud. Um, I had like a t-shirt and usually like when I wear stuff like I have like a low cut kind of shirt whatever. Yeah. And uh, the way the camera was on on me in the interview, like it doesn't look like I'm wearing a shirt. It looks like I'm just wearing like a jacket kind of thing. And then someone comments like, "Please, someone buy his record so that he can afford <laughs> buying a shirt." <laughs> I just laughed so hard. <laughs> it was so funny. You're like, no, I uh, actually have a shirt on. <laughs> I got, you know what? Whatever. Like, it's just like, okay, cool. You know? Uh, I just, I find it humorous. You know, to be completely candid with you, when I was younger, I got picked on a lot. I got, like, bullied a lot yeah. in high school and middle school, elementary school. A lot of it's because, you know, I wanted to be a singer and, uh, you know, I wanted to sing. And, and a lot of people who end up being themselves or open or just, you know, loud and um, I guess stuff like that, uh, people, you know, there's spotlight on you. And when there's spotlight on you, people tend to want to take it off you. So I, when I was younger, it was harder, but like now, I don't know, I guess when you're approaching 30, things just, you have a different perspective on a lot of things. And it's just, I find more, I, fi I find it more funny than anything. I know who I am yeah. a little bit more, you know? And where were they commenting and you were on television? So right, right. like, mm, <laughs> right. the math uh, ain't honestly, mathin'. There's worse burns than those. I guess yeah. I'll take those all day. Those are the worst <laughs> things to say. I'll take that all day. It's pretty funny. So I want to talk to you about your fans and the way yeah. that Marina City interacts with, with their fans. And I literally have never seen anything like it. So sometimes I'll get a text message and then they'll be like, oh, hey, hey, you know, we have a new song or this is our performance. And I'm just like, what? I did not know about this, guys. Thanks for texting me. Let me go look at it. So the way that you guys interact with your fans is just crazy because there's also a lot of social media interaction. Talk yeah. to me about those goals that you have 
for how you want yourself and Marina City to, you know, interact with your fans? I think that's like one of the number one things that we focus so much on and feel like we can always do a better job. Like it's something that we really, really do focus on. Music is obviously a big part of it, but it's like, you know, music doesn't really matter so much if it doesn't connect with people. Like yeah. that's the whole point of music, right? So being able to connect with fans. Like, look, we're not the biggest band in the world and we know that, but I think what's really cool is that if you're a fan of Marina City, there's a good chance that you have some kind of memory or some kind of moment that you had with one of us as members. Mm -hmm. And I think that being able to do that goes so much farther than being the mysterious, like, out-of-reach band. And to be honest, the, the fans are the fifth member of the band. So they have been with us. We've grown up with some of these people. We've, we've been able to play at some of their weddings and, and be there when their kids were born or they proposed on stage there. We've seen some of the kids where they're like, super super young and now they're going to high school or going to something like it's just like that's one of those things that are scary when you're a band for so long <laughs> but it's also one of those rewarding things to be able to be hey we're still here you're still here and we're building this community together yeah talk to me about your your solo career that you that you've built and i know a lot of it you said you started songwriting personally in yeah. um during the pandemic. So as as musicians and, you know, the pandemic shut down the world. So how was yeah. that for you as, as an artist that you need to create, you need to put things out there and you're no longer able to perform or go out and have shows, but now yeah. you're at home and you're writing songs. I think that the real reason why I got into music was to perform. Like that is, I think I realized that like, I love songwriting. It's a lot of fun. I love doing the social media, and all those kind of video things, but it's performing. It's the number one thing for me, right? So not having that was really difficult, which put me in like the spiral of all these emotions, which I think that's why I wrote The Man Who Has Everything. And then I wrote songs about like my grandfather passing away, which he already had passed away five years earlier at the time, but it was just like, it was really daunting uh, for me because I just think everything's, all your senses are heightened, all your emotions are heightened. So... I am grateful to the point that I don't think I would have ever released a solo record if it wasn't for the lockdown. I just wish it was in different uh, situations. But I think my number one goal and something that I preach so much with Marina City is always, you know, basically turning lemons into lemonade. The idea that we've had so many ups and downs in this band. I just feel like every great accomplishment can come from a great setback. So to me... If you see this big setback happen, there's an opportunity to do something really great. So we've been lucky to be able to keep doing that. I love that you have that mindset. I want to talk to you about your Kickstarter. Yeah. And that was something that I think was huge for Marina City. So you guys had a goal of $35,000, I believe. And yeah. you guys surpassed that goal. So what's going on in the Kickstarter? What yeah. What's happening? Yeah, so... Just a little update for people who are listening and know about the Kickstarter. We have sent out all the physical packages at this point. So everyone should have, have those. They haven't. They should definitely reach out to the crush at marinacityband.com just so that we can make sure everything's there. The only thing that you should be waiting on at this point is really the music and everything that kind of goes with the actual music, which is tons more. With that said, we're looking to release the record probably in October. So you can quote that right here. It's probably the first time I really said that. Uh, so I'm hoping, crossing fingers, that's the goal. It's released in October. 
We are releasing a new single called Runaways on July 20th. I don't know when this is exactly going to be reached, uh, sent out, but July 20th is the, the next single. We wanted to create a immersive experience with this record. We wanted to do, like we said, we're really close with our fans. And we wanted to create something that you guys were in a community building together. So to do that, we had to have a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, is that there's so many little things that you don't think about in a in a band's career that like, like let's put it this way, none of the money actually went towards recording the record. Like we spent the money on recording the record. All that other money is all these things that you don't even think about happen. And we actually lay that out in our Kickstarter video. We thought it was important to be as be as clear as possible with it. Now, with that said, we would not be able to do that if we didn't have the fans that we have. And that's one of the reasons why we connect with our fans so much. We believe that you have to connect with your fans, give them a reason to buy, and that's how you make your money. And that's how we've been able to do the band for 10 years and how we've been able to survive for 10 years. Now we're able to not only be a band for 10 years, but feel like we're continuously growing to 10 years. It's one thing to be a band forever and then just kind of plateau. It feels like we're always, there's the next thing, the next thing that's going to be able to keep going that way. And that's the goal here. And being able to do that with our fans on something like that is insane. Would I ever do a Kickstarter ever again? No, never again. That was that was insane. And I didn't sleep and it was it drained me. But I'm just so grateful that we did it. And that's one of those step, you know, one step back, two steps forward, you know, or three steps forward. You know, that's the big thing. Ryan, before I let you go, I have to know what your Chicago set list is. I need... Five songs that are yours or Marina City's or anyone else's that are yeah. your go-to must, people must add them to their playlist. Five songs yours or Marina City's. All right, I'll, I'll mix them because okay. I have Ryan and uh, Marina City. Yeah. So I would say that you would have to put on, well, we have to put on The Man Who Has Everything. We talked about it. You got to put on Money, which is a song by Marina City. Uh, but I wrote that really personal to myself and my life in that sense. I feel like Empty Chair has become a song that's really uh, well-known for my or the people who follow me, and that's about my grandfather. And then I'll give two more Marina City songs. I would say Addicted is one of the big ones there. And then I'm going to do a slash between Better Weather because we talked about it today. I think that'd be a great idea. But I also want to say... Uh, Runaways, which is coming out July 20th. You should put that and add that to your to your playlist. That's one of my favorite Marina City songs. I think it's going to be one of your favorite Marina City songs. I'm talking to everybody here. And then whatever the next new song comes out after Runaways, I'll say that's going to be your next favorite Marina City song. <laughs> but uh, for now, Runaways it is. So I'm giving you six. You're going to do Better Weather, Empty Chair, The Man Who Has Everything, Addicted, Money, and Runaways coming out July 20th. All right, guys, you heard you heard Ryan, so you should go and add all of those songs and be on the lookout for anything that Marina City has coming up. So, Ryan, where can our listeners find you and Marina City? Give all of your social media handles, everything yeah. you got. You can find everything for me at Ryan Argast, A-R-G-A-S-T. I'm sure it's said here someplace. And then everything at Marina City Band, marinacityband.com, and everything TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you got. You'll find me at Ryan Argast and Marina City Band. Thank you so much, Rodan. It means a lot.